Hi, thank you for listening to Fireside Church Messages. We hope this message can encourage you today. To learn more about our church, check out our website, firesidechurch.org. Right now, we can't meet like we normally do, but we still want to connect as a church. So we've been live streaming Sundays at 10 on Facebook. We've also been doing virtual gatherings on Zoom with our men, women, young adults, and this week, Fireside Tables. So stay in the loop and enjoy last week's message. Good morning, Fireside. Welcome. Welcome to our home. <laughs> if, if you've uh, been with us in the past couple online gatherings, we're in a new location. Um, we can still see the doorway to where our kids would come out if they creep up on us so we can go and um, attend to that. But I know you guys are all at home as well watching from you know in, in the area but i know there are many people who are watching across the country and the globe and what an opportunity we have to be together in this way even though there's much distance between us all and so thank you if you want to share this uh, gathering feel free to share it um, thank you connor for leading us in worship and it is palm sunday which is um weird to be doing yeah. this now but we we've we've been making it work yes you know yes it's kind of um you know it's weird we were just talking about this yesterday it's weird that it's easter time it just feels it, it everything is different right the world is changing things so much has changed so quickly mm. and it's weird to think about easter in this context and um i you know even just on a really small scale i remember i grew up in Maryland and in Kenya mm -hmm. and so Easter for me is like very sunny and warm and flowers <laughs> and I remember when I first moved up here and there was like a good layer of snow on the ground and yeah. just thinking like this is not Easter and in some ways weirdly it kind of feels like that like this is just not supposed mm -hmm. to be Easter week and what it's supposed to look like but we're making it work I thought you know if you didn't join a table last week I thought yeah. those were great um, we had a worship night last mm -hmm. week um, for those of you that were able to join us it it actually felt really special to be mm. able to see each other we did it on a zoom call and that was actually that felt really good to be able to I know we've been saying a lot that we fight worry with worship and I I felt the best I felt after that night mm. um, just putting things in the right context and perspective in terms of who God is and and we want to you know celebrate Easter in this season, and I know it's different. And as I've been talking to people in the in the virtual world, I think especially within churches, this is what we put our hope in: is um, Jesus resurrecting from the dead. And so it's a very big deal, and it's a great opportunity to celebrate. And it's weird not to do it in person. Yeah. And you know, we go back to the things that we're used to: those Easter egg hunts and those gatherings and those big worship services that we have together and it's hard to adjust. I remember as a kid we lived in Hampton and we lived about a mile away from the beach and our church growing up would always do this sunrise service. I think that was actually one of the first services you attended. Yeah, I remember that. And it was early in the morning, it was sunrise, and we would actually get on our bikes and we would 
a whole family. I had three sisters and we would all, you know, take our bikes to the beach and we would gather with a whole bunch of people from our church and watch the sun rise because when Jesus was resurrected, it was sunrise. Um, and so I was thinking about that the other day and a vivid image that I have is going to the beach and seeing these geese fly by and we're just shouting, welcome home, welcome home, it's the sign of spring. And it just started thinking about my dad and my dad passed away uh, uh, several years ago and I just love my dad. And I would always think, well, how would my dad deal with what's going on with COVID-19? Because here's the thing about my dad. My dad could not stand change. He just could not stand it. You know, like, hey, this is Palm Sunday. We get up, we, we take our bikes, we go to the sunrise service, and we have breakfast, and then we dress up and we go to church. And so, uh, you know, I do not think that they could chain him to be homebound. And he would have this, um, he said... And, you know, Andy, I got a debit card, which was huge for him. Like, Dad, you finally got a debit card. And he showed it to me, and it was tacked on his wall, and he never would use it. And he would pay with cashier checks when we would go out for big purchases. And I remember right before our wedding, we, we took uh, all my guys, we went to Pizza Hut, and he had a cashier's check for like $500 to pay for this meal. And he gives it to this waitress who's like this teenager, and the teenager looks at it and is like, Sir, I don't really know what this is. And, and he kind of freaked out. It's like, it's like cash, it's cash, it's cash, it's cash. And so my dad just completely resisted change. And he just had nothing to do with that. And as we're in a changing world, I, can, I think we all have that sense about us in a little bit. And so we are embarking on a week of Palm Sunday, next week Easter, where Jesus has changed the world. That he has completely changed the world and has conquered death itself. There is a victory. And I believe that there is a strong word for, for you guys, for us um, this morning, that I hope that we can just silent our hearts and, and pray. And I want to lift up all of those who are going through all the sufferings that are stemming from this pandemic. The other day I said epidemic in case like, no, this is a pandemic. This is global. And so if we could just silence our hearts and we could just come before the Lord right now before we look at the word. So Lord, we just praise you, God, for in the midst of chaos, you are calming storm after storm. Lord, we lift up those currently who are suffering, those who are physically suffering from this disease those who are uh, worried, fighting off fear, those who've lost their jobs, those who are just um, uncertain about future, whatever it may be. Lord, we need a miracle. We need to be reminded that our hope is not secure of the things of this world. Our hope is insecure of you. And with that mindset, Lord, we just give it all to you. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're in Luke 19 this morning. I'm going to go ahead and read mm. this for us. And he rode along, and as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice, 
for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. We look at that. I think there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. And this is Palm Sunday. And just to set the context, I, I think it's always good to be reminded of what's going on. What's the bigger picture mm-hmm. here? You know, Jesus is riding on a donkey. And we think, well, why is he riding on a donkey? That's just kind of odd in itself. You would think he would be riding on this majestic, you know, unicorn <laughs> or something like that. And so if we look back at Old Testament, there's all these prophecies that the Messiah will come on a donkey. And there's these, uh, you know, stories of these kings that when a king, and and we're not talking about uh, Jesus, the Messiah king, but a a king, a ruler of a physical nation, when they conquered a city, after they had conquered the city, they would ride in on a donkey because a donkey signified and symbolized humbleness that the war was over that he doesn't need to jump on a horse because a horse symbolized battle and fighting and you come in and if you uh, remember old battles if you've seen them on tv like you're on horses and you have the swords and but a donkey was like no 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 i don't need to fight anymore because the battle's already won and so jesus and they know exactly what he's doing jesus rides in on a donkey as a conquering king He's already conquered, and they knew what that meant, and they're laying palm branches, and there's this like big parade happening, and if you look about this whole week, you know, just a, a few, you know, days earlier, everybody is trying to stone him, and so how did we get to where we are? And they say it's because of all the signs and miracles that he performed is why they're cheering, right? Mm -hmm. They're not really cheering for who he is as the Messiah, but for what he has done in terms of healing and and doing all these signs. And so if you go back to John chapter 11, you'll see the raising of Lazarus. And if you have kids, go on to Fireside Kids Online. We got a new video posted and they're going to be talking about Lazarus. And so they had just fled Jerusalem or the Jerusalem area because they were almost stoned. And Jesus and his disciples have fled. And then they get hurt, wind, that Jesus' friend Lazarus, you know, is dying. And then they find out that he's dead. And so his disciples come and they say, you know, Jesus, you know, Lazarus is sick. He's dead. You know, let's go to him. And he says, give it a few days. And he gives us some time. And so finally, he goes back and the disciples are like, what are you doing? Last time we were in that area, they tried to, to kill us. We can't go there. So finally, Thomas speaks up and says, okay, let us go to him. Let's go with Jesus and we'll die together. And so he goes and four days in the grave, Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And this is the second, the other time, this is the time he weeps. And so Jesus weeps for Lazarus, even though he knows he's going to raise him from the dead. And so Lazarus, after four days, 
comes out of the grave and as you can imagine there's a lot of buzz around this it's not like he had just recently died i mean this is without a doubt a miraculous thing and they get a huge following and people start worshiping and so that's why we have the parades that we see on palm sunday as we do but this interesting this word wept so we see jesus weeping in what kate um, just read in luke 19 that he weeps over jerusalem and then he weeps when he sees mary and martha you know, weeping for Lazarus. And there's two different words here. The word weeping that Jesus wept for Lazarus is more of just a few tears, that he's emotional. But the word weeping for Jerusalem is more of a wail. And he's wailing. And the same wailing that Mary and Martha had um, when Lazarus was dead. And so you see Jesus full of compassion, but yet he's more compassionate with our salvation, the spiritual, than he is with the physical. And you can see that by how he talks about weeping. And so he weeps, he wails for our salvation. He wails for those who don't know him. And, and he cries. And I think so many people think, you know, you, you have faith, so you, you can't be emotional, you can't mourn. And like, no, 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 no. I believe that right now, Jesus is weeping as he did with Lazarus. That he's looking at what's going on. And he's seeing the brokenness. And he's seeing the fear. And he, his heart breaks with our... Even though he knows that there's victory in so many ways, he is broken. But I think he's more broken for those who are not accepting his rescue plan. I was on YouTube the other day... Um, if you didn't know, Kate grew up in Kenya. We met there, and so we go on safari. And I was looking at this clip of a, a family on safari, and they saw these water buffalo that are stuck in the mud. And they get out, and um, they call the rangers in, and they're going to save them. They're stuck in the mud. They're going to die. And these rangers, and, and if you know anything about water buffalo, they're one of the most dangerous animals in Africa, if not the world. And so they're taking ropes and they're dragging them out of the mud. And the whole time, these buffalo are fighting them. They're fighting their rescue. And it doesn't stop the rangers from doing their job because they know, like, you guys are going to die. You guys are stuck in the mud. You have no hope. Let me be the one to bring you hope. They pull them out. And as soon as they pull the buffalo out of the muck, the first thing the buffalo do is they attack the car in which saved them. And they start ramming it over and over and over again. And so I just believe we are doing something very similar. Yeah. And it, you know, you think about this image, whether we're thinking about the buffalo or we're thinking about this story of, of Jesus coming in with this rescue plan. And, you know, there's, there's these two options. We either resist mm. or we surrender. We we go with the plan or we fight the plan. And you kind of wonder, like, why Why would we fight the plan? Mm. Why would we resist our own rescue? And I, and I think there's something in us that prefers the known to the unknown. That we would rather stay stuck in the mud in a familiar territory than be brought out, than be rescued mm. into something that we don't know. And it reveals something in us that our comfort 
um, our, our, our normal, so to speak, is preferred to something new, even if mm. something new is going to be better, even if our comfort, our control, those things are just illusions. Even with all that being true, we still resist it. And we just don't, we don't like change. Right, and this is exactly what the Pharisees, the Pharisees say this, they teach you, rebuke your disciples. And so here are these Pharisees, they're religious leaders who have a, a way of doing things. You know, they, they have a lot of power, they have, uh, you know, financial, they have authority, and they are terrified that Jesus is coming to change things. And they don't want change. Uh, one thing I'm seeing all the time on 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 Facebook, on Instagram, or people over and over saying, I just want things to get back to normal. And, and you may be thinking the same thing. And yeah, there are things that I'm hoping will change that will have a, a similar feel to what it was, like leaving your house, right? And gathering, not through a virtual way, but actually together. But my hope, and I think God's hope, is that we're not going to go back to how things were, but that we will go back to things being better. Yeah. And that there is a change happening. Yeah. And that, so that is my prayer. That in the, in the midst of all this, that mm -hmm. we are allowing God to change our hearts. And a big, a big part of God doing this work, this, this transformative work in us, um, there's a revealing in, in this process and we've been talking a lot about storms lately in this season um, the past couple weeks even storms come up over mm -hmm. and over and just like when you picture a storm when a storm passes through what is left behind is a revealing of what was underneath the mm -hmm. surface and last week we talked about some things can never be shaken who God is his purposes his kingdom can never be shaken but there's some other things mm -hmm. that are revealed when a storm passes through. There's other things, um, idols in our hearts that maybe we weren't aware of. And so um, sometimes the resistance comes from a need to hold on to those things. And those things right now, it might feel like um, safety. It might feel like control. It might feel like productivity or achievement as we are um, limited in what that looks like for us. It might be pieces of consistency or routine, um, having things the way we like them. Mm. Those are being revealed in us as part of um, this process. And again, we can either resist or, or we have another, we have an alternate response, which is to surrender. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we looked at this, this yeah. renewing of your mind is actually changing your heart. That's how that's translated. Mm -hmm. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we have this choice. We can either resist or we can surrender. We can offer ourselves as sacrifices so that God can transform our hearts. And it's, it's just this image of a fist closed or open. Will we, will we hold on or surrender? And I was just thinking this morning about this image. You know, 
maybe you can remember this as a child or or maybe if you are a parent right now you you experience this but this idea of when you when you go to pick up your child and mm -hmm. there we have had <laughs> some really less than stellar parenting moments where we're picking up kids under one arm because they're kicking and screaming and um, we need to either remove them for their safety or maybe they're like right, beating right. up someone <laughs> that we need to save yes, over and over um, but there have been times when we needed to carry our kids against their will and it's very difficult to do mm -hmm. like like and embarrassing it's very embarrassing <laughs> sorry neighbors you guys <laughs> see this um, but there's another kind of carrying mm. and this image of just when when the child kind of presses in or leans in maybe maybe they're tired maybe they are sad mm. and they are welcoming you into carrying them and it's just this image of the difference that in our response um, it's like in, in Psalm 91 he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide mm. in the shadow of the Almighty it's this image of just pressing in, of kind of molding to our Father, mm. surrendering, abiding. That is what, that's what we're talking about here. That's how we receive um, what God wants to do. And I was, we, we were looking at the passage and, you know, it was Monday, it was Tuesday and on Wednesday. And I remember on, on Tuesday night talking to Kate, like, I'm having a hard time processing this. You know, we're in a Miracle Maker series. And so we're like, well, maybe we go to Lazarus and talk about the miracle, but... You know, I, 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 Kate went for a walk and I'm looking at this and I'm like, what is happening here? And I was looking at these Pharisees and the people that Jesus is wailing over. He's weeping over. And what he's weeping is that they, re they are resisting, mm -hmm. you know, transformation. Mm -hmm. And so this word transformation is that God is calling us to be transformed. And so I said, Kate, I believe that the word for our church, for those who are watching, is transfer like let God transform you change your heart and Kate's like I can't believe it because Kate's reading in Romans and she's like I think God's telling me the same thing so without a doubt this is the word that we believe because yeah. it, God's spoken to different occasions that we believe that God is wanting us mm -hmm. to transform like in, in a changing times which we're in in a changing times let your heart change. Mm. Let your heart change. And the way to do that is what Kate said is just, you know, just surrender yourself to the will of God and whatever that may has. And let those things reveal. That was in Isaiah 43. And Isaiah is a prophet. This was hundreds of years before Jesus even came on scene. But Isaiah, you know, you know, prophesized Jesus. And he actually prophesied about God's people, um, Israel, being exiled to Babylon. And he died before they were actually exiled. And I love Isaiah 43. So if you get a chance, read the whole passage. But there's something similar to what Isaiah is talking about in 43 that I think what we're talking about. And so what Isaiah does is, you know, he writes down on a scroll, you know, half of the book of Isaiah are things to be read to read later on and he i believe he he takes them and he seals them and he writes about their exile and he writes about their homecoming coming back to their land of jerusalem 
of Israel, and he writes about this before it even happens, knowing these people, God's people, are going to need to be comforted. And so I think that we can do the same thing, that he's talking about comfort in a physical sense, but he's also talking about comfort in a spiritual sense, that you have a comforter in Jesus Christ, in his case, who will give you victory, but in our case, has given us victory. And so Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says, Forget the former things. And right before that, he talks about, you know, he alludes to Egypt going through the Red Sea. And if you listen a couple weeks ago, we talked about that. And he's saying, don't look back at those things. But he says, forget about it because what I'm about to do is bigger. It's almost like if you're playing basketball against someone. I'm a big basketball player and I'm playing one-on-one. And like, remember that time I dunked on you? Forget about that. Because this is going to be huge. I'm going to like windmill dunk over you. And so that's what he's kind of saying. So he's saying don't ignore the past. Actually, remember the past and, and know that I'm going to do something bigger. So he says, forget about the former things. Do not dwell on the past. All right? See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and in the wasteland. When Jesus came on Palm Sunday, he was making a way when they thought there was no way. He was doing a new thing. The fear that the Pharisees had of change was exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to change things in order to change us. That we would have salvation by his Death and resurrection on the cross. The old way of things, the old law, everything. He's like, no, no, no. I am doing a new thing. So let's stop dwelling on the past and wanting to go back. Remember when, remember when, remember when. But let's do and accept and surrender to God transforming us into newness. And as we're processing this transformation, sometimes the situations around us, if they don't change us, then what's the point? And as we look at Easter, Easter for us is a hard time because it surfaces so many things. Yeah, this is this Easter time is the three-year mark from when we first started yeah. entering this world of cancer with Ellie. And um, many of you know the pieces of this journey, but um, Easter week 2017, we had just gotten our news. We were in the hospital. We hadn't even been in the hospital a week. We were starting to get acclimated to that world and, and what that would mean. We didn't even know what that would mean at the right. time. And and it was Easter. And it was Easter weekend. And it just, again, we, we, we were just talking about Easter memories as we started this. And this was just, this is burned on our mm -hmm. brains as a really tough, tough Easter. And um, I was in the hospital with Ellie. We woke up um, on Sunday morning, on Easter morning, and of course she wants to do an Easter egg hunt. We had a we had an Easter basket there for her. And she said, no, I, I wanna do an Easter hunt for you. And so here's our, our, little, our little girl just getting used to her IV pole. Um, she was all hooked up to all kinds of stuff at that time. And she wanted to pull the curtain 
so that I couldn't see and I could hear her, you know, pulling her little mm. IV pole around the room and hiding Easter eggs for us. And she got wrapped around at one point. <laughs> she had to detangle herself and yeah. I mean it was just it was it was all the emotions. It was so heartbreaking to watch her navigate this, but mm. also, you know, here she is. She's still going to celebrate. She's still going to um, go forward with this and then Andy joined us right, and she right. Wanted to do the same thing for you, you know? Yeah, I remember on the other side of the curtain, and she starts saying, Mom, Mom, Dad, you stay there, um, because her tubes had gotten caught. She still had her hair yeah. then, and we had yeah. no idea the journey that we've were been on. Yeah. But the why I, I think about that so much is because during that time, I think Easter really hit home of the purpose yes. of what Jesus had done for us. Mm and Palm Sunday, um, and just this whole idea that we are not saved because God has gotten us out of these physical situations, mm -hmm. these hardships on earth, but we are saved by what he did on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of suffering and hardship during that time mm -hmm. was when we felt the closest to, to our Savior, mm -hmm. to Jesus. And I'm hoping that continues and so as I look back at how things were with Easter, you know, going on my bike with my dad to, to the wall in, North, in Hampton, North Beach, that I'm thinking, this isn't Easter, but at the same time, like, no, but that wasn't what Easter was ever meant to be. It, it's, it, it's recognizing and celebrating what Jesus has done for us, that he has given us victory. And this word victory is over and over my head, victory, as we hear people who are suffering, who are sick, you know, there's victory. And my hope and my prayer is that they'll see that victory on earth. But even if they don't, you know, there's victory that we get to celebrate eternity with heaven, in heaven, with our Savior, that He has not, you know, put, you know, the things in this world that we deserve death. We deserve that. He's saying, no, 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 no. No, there's victory. That he's come as a king, and a king that they didn't expect. A king humbly on a donkey, not with a sword, you know, but full of grace, humbling himself. That is our king.